Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Did you know that when you share a burden, the load is lightened? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast, is for education only. Some of the subject matter could be triggering for those that are newly grieving or in a poor state of mental health. Please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. Hi there. I'm happy to be with you today. And today I am bringing you a great guest who um, I find incredibly enjoyable, actually. Considering this is a sort of serious subject and the podcast is serious, I have to say it's really refreshing to have someone join you who is very upbeat. This is Chris Michelle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Elaine. It's great to be here. So give us a little bit about you. Boy, about me. Um, I, I can do my professional speak here real quick, right? Um, I am Coach Chris. Uh, I, I have a company called CM Consulting that I started almost a year ago. And um, I get to help small to medium business owners who are self-managing sales and shouldn't be. And I get the opportunity to really uh, become a part-time sales manager for hire. And uh, I get to coach and train and do all those things. But really, I help out with the sales process and uh, really getting the business moving in the right direction. Oh, that's excellent. And there's lots of businesses who need you, that's for sure. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. So your story is a little bit different because it's about your sibling. Correct. Yes. And in fact, um, we were talking about this beforehand, but I'm actually in my red chair and there's a significance to this. And, and it's kind of how I start off the conversation with a lot of people because um, this red chair is, it's a recliner. Um, it's very comfortable and uh, you can see it in the background here, yeah. but uh, it's, it's, it's a very great chair with a great history. Um, though there is tragedy in the history, um, it's, there's, there's a lot to it. So my stepdad owned this chair um, for years, this was his place that he sat in his living room, watched television and, and, you know, they ate and did different things, but this was his chair and heaven forbid you sit in the chair. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. He, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> Not a Sheldon. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he, but it was his chair. I mean, that was yeah. really where he sat most of the time. And, um, he passed away about five and a half years ago. And, um, when he did, my mom moved, um, from her place outside of DC to South Virginia. And she had it sitting in a, a place where she was kind of holding on to it and wondering if one of the kids wanted to have it. My younger brother was having issues with his hip. And so he's like, yeah, I'd love it. And he had a Brown recliner that was in shambles. I mean, it was just, it was a mess. And so I, uh, went to my mom's, I picked up the chair along with some other belongings, brought them out to my brother and his wife. And so it was, it was in their home. Uh, about a year later, my brother um, decided to take his life. And it was, I, I've come to realize that it was because of mental health and other things like that. It, it wasn't, I don't think it was a clear cut choice on his behalf, but um, I believe the disease had taken him. And as a result, um, 
there was this symbol in my sister-in-law's house that she didn't want to see all the time, day in and day out. And so she asked me if I wanted it. And I said, absolutely. And so I brought it back to my house. It sits in my, um, really in my, in my ensuite um, here in my house. And it's the place where I go every morning to read, to meditate, to pray, and then to focus on my book, which I'm calling The Red Chair Experience. And so I'm in the midst yeah. of writing that, that book right now too. So that's where the history of the red chair comes from. Oh, that's, that's excellent. And, and um, it must be very good for you to have that mixture of like good memories and, and also some sad memories with the chair. But I think that's a really perfect place for yeah. meditating and reading well and i joke about the fact that i have conversations with the previous owners um while sitting in this chair um some good some bad right (laughs) why did you there were so many conversations i wanted to have but um but no really it's it it is it's become a source of um, great energy and it has been a really it's it's an easy way for me to have a discussion about mental health awareness suicide prevention, suicide awareness, and all of those things that, I mean, that that crop up as a result of my brother's death. Absolutely. And yeah, this is, this is not um, the road you thought you'd be walking, but uh, what a, what a great door opener for you to be able to refer to the red chair. I almost feel like there's three of us (laughs) in the room at the moment. Um, Would you know, with, with with the chair being a, a big part of how you broach the subject, I think it's it's sort of um, it, it's a nice symbol, I think, and it's um, it's interesting. Earlier today, uh, I was talking in a room on Clubhouse, and we were talking about life after suicide for for those that are left behind, and and um, you know what what are the things we can do. And, and how do we honor the person that we've lost? Because sometimes, you know, we just don't know. And, and with the, you know, that stigma and shame and silence that has permeated the world for so long, it can be a difficult subject. Well, I think that's, it's wonderful that, that the red chair is, I believe, going to become a really good symbol. And I really can't wait to read the book. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's that's um, my next project. I, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of gave you the the list of things I have to do this month. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little it's daunting, a quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I will say this, and and this goes straight into what we're talking about. So uh, a little over a year ago, I had a conversation. Well, I was at a golf, a charity golf event, and it dawned on me, sort of in about a year after his passing. Um, I, I said, well, why not do a golf outing in his honor and to promote mental health awareness and really try and um, focus on the things that he loved so much, which he, he had a couple of charities that he gave to every year in, in a campaign that he did called Stuff the Bus. And um, he would get school buses to show up at these different yeah. um, places and they'd fill them with food and, and they would bring money for donations. And they supported two charities, two local charities there in Northeast or Northwest Indiana. Well, this weekend, um, that dream came to fruition. And uh, we 
had the very first Striker Liker Open, and uh, we held it at uh, Maplecrest Country Club in Goshen, Indiana. And there was 78 degrees. It was a beautiful oh, day. Beautiful. We had more golfers than we anticipated. Um, we, we hoped for 26 teams to sign up. I think we ended up with 29 or 30 teams. Wow. Wow. Um, and I just found out a little bit ago that we exceeded the goal that, that my personal goal for it. Um, and it wasn't a huge goal. It was, it was like, man, if we could just get this much and give to the charities this much, that would be awesome. We, we exceeded that, not by much, but we exceeded the goal that I had, which was that, that to me was a huge success. And so everything about the weekend, everything about the golf outing, it was a tremendous success. And, um, again, just got the opportunity to see so many friends and family and, and people that he impacted and he knew, um, they all showed up and they all contributed. So, oh, that's really, that's really good. I'm actually aware of, of stuff and bus campaign, um, because my son's in radio and Mm -hmm. they did that, uh, in, um, New Brunswick, uh, where he was. So let's, let's talk about Stryker and why it's called Stryker Liker. So, um, he took on the radio name of Ron Stryker. And so, Years ago, when Facebook was kind of booming, um, they had a page, um, and, and he was known throughout the community, um, throughout yeah. Northwest Indiana, and um, in the South Bend area. In fact, he was also the home court announcer for the men's Notre Dame basketball team. So very, again, very well known and, and throughout the community. And as a result, um, they, because of Facebook and everything, they had t-shirts made, it said striker liker. And yeah. so... Uh, I, I don't have it within my grasp, otherwise I would go grab it, but yeah, um, there's a, it's, it's a white t-shirt with a blue, uh, like button, you know, with the thumbs up yeah. and, and it's a striker liker and, um, but that's really how it started. And so, um, followers of him, you know, from the radio, uh, days and, and things of that yeah. nature, uh, they were called striker likers. And, um, so, uh, it just came to fruition that, that it just made sense to call it the striker liker open. And that's where we came up with the name. Um, But yeah, it just fit perfectly. So. Oh, that's excellent. I'm, I'm really glad to hear it went well. I figured it would. Yeah, it was, it was, and and again, it was, there were so many things that I've seen. I've, I've been to several golf charity events and, you know, you see these things there, they've been in in progress for 10, 15, 20 years. Right. I mean, they've got these huge sponsors, they've got all these things. And I just, I thought, man, if we could just get a, a portion of that if we could just get enough people to kind of start talking about this and start you know wanting to be this my number one goal for that was aside from the charity and and the charities and the money and that kind of stuff the number the the biggest goal for me really was that people walked away from that and said man i can't wait to come back and i had probably half a dozen conversations with people who said man this is awesome are we going to do this again and i said absolutely they said yes i want to i'll be here next year and so that was huge. That that to me said we're doing the right thing. We're moving in the right direction, yeah. and it's all going in, you know for the right cause. So oh, absolutely for the right cause, and and also raising awareness, which yeah. I think is is really important. Um, tell us a little something about your brother. Well, he was my younger brother by two years. I um, I am the middle of three. So I have an older brother and then a younger brother. His, his given name was John. And so John um, and I, 
over the last several years have become really close, um, really good friends. Um, I had gone through some things. He had gone through some things. We just, we were talking a couple of times a week, um, even though we lived 600, 700 miles apart. Um, and we, we made an effort to see each other. He would come through when he was going to spring break in Florida. And because uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. So he, I was kind of on the way. It was yeah. a good stopping point for him and his family. And we hung out. And um, so it was, um, it was really uh, a special relationship. And, and um, sometimes you get along with your family and sometimes you don't. And so I, I was lucky enough to have that relationship with him. So it was, it was very difficult when, um, when he died. And, you know, there were, there were not a lot of signs. It's not like there was a big warning sign, right? Nobody ever gives a big warning sign. Um, but, you know, it was just, it was a, he left a huge gap in my oh, life yeah. and in a lot of people around me. So, yeah. Well, I love that you've chosen to do this yearly event, which is going to help keep his memory alive, mm -hmm. uh, not just for you and his family, but for others as well. And, and that can be so helpful for other people who can see that, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you do. We need to bring awareness so people can understand that they can reach out. Mm -hmm. And as much as I often say, I may not understand your pain and I may not have any adequate words but I think we need to acknowledge that we'll be there as a listening ear for whoever needs to talk and I think it was something a long time ago that Oprah said about people wanting to be seen and heard and know that they matter and that can be really hard for us that are left behind because we're all sure that we let them know. We saw them. We heard them. They really mattered to us. Right. So it can be a very, um, very difficult area to go through and doing something positive that can help so many other people because you know, with the charities, that's uh, that's something that's going to keep on giving, which I, I think is phenomenal. And and how does your part of the family, your 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 uh, nuclear family, feel about? Are they into golf and and are they into uh, what you're doing? Well, they're into it enough to understand that this is important, and so <laughs> good, good. Um, we. We had a really good turnout. My my brother, his wife was there. Uh, my oh, yeah. sister-in-law and the kids were there. Um, and, you know, their extended family and all. I mean, they, they were all a part of it. My mom was a, was a part of things that we did. My dad's no longer here, but um, yeah. his wife was a part of it. You know, so, I mean, there, the um, it was a great, again, the event itself really kind of pulled everything together. Yeah. And, again, just brought together it really brought together the family. It really brought together the, the opportunity for people to be a family. Right. And yeah. so we, we try to create a, I mean, as much as you can, you try and create a, a family atmosphere with those type of events and um, people come and they have a great time. 
and we encourage folks, you know, just bring anybody and everybody and, and yeah. bring your friends and family. So I was blessed to have, um, so the golf team that I had, one that I sponsored was, um, we had all traveled to the golf outing and probably from the furthest places. So one of my best friends was there from Dallas, Texas. One of uh, my brother, my younger brother's best friends and best man at his wedding was there from Minneapolis, outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, my son-in-law was there from outside of Springfield, Missouri and uh, Lake of the Ozarks area. So, yeah. and then I drove in. So, I mean, we were all three of us drove, one of us flew, the guy from Dallas flew in, but the rest of us drove in, you know, yeah. uh, six, eight, you know, 10 hours of driving to be at this event. And so my, my older brother and his wife, they traveled from Cincinnati, Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. A five hour drive. And so we had other friends and, and all high school friends from, you know, we've known forever uh, mm -hmm. were there. So it was, again, it was a great opportunity for everybody to come together. The family, um, you know, was fully supportive of it. And uh, it was a great event, it really was. Well, and, and the other thing that when I watch you talking about it, when I hear what you're saying, you're now making positive memories after the fact with everybody and, and giving everybody something to look forward to as well, since you're right. going to be doing this yearly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. I mean, it, it, it just made sense to me to do something that would be positive every year. Um, and I mean, he was so well known in the community that that Mishawaka, Indiana, it's a city there, their, their mayor proclaimed September 25th as Striker Liker Day. So he has his own day. Um, there's a local brewery there in, in Northwest Indiana called Bear Hands Brewery. They did a Striker Liker beer. Um, there's another one coming out this week. In fact, um, uh -huh. later this week, they'll have the, the second Striker Liker beer. And my understanding is they're going to continue that, right? They'll continue that event. And, and so hopefully next year or in the coming years, we'll be able to put Striker Liker Day with the Striker Liker beer and the Striker Liker open all in the same weekend. And, and we can, you know, kind of make a big deal of it. But Oh, I think that's wonderful. I think yeah. that's wonderful. And it it's a it's a legacy going forward for his mm -hmm. kids, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, so. and that to me, that's. I like what you've done. I like how how you've invested so much positivity going forward. And it's not it's not just about suicide awareness. You've actually taken this farther. And I I think that's great too, because I believe as you go forward forward uh, year after year, this is going to get so big that people will come from all over to participate. And I'm, I'm hopeful. And, and uh, we're kicking around with talk, talking to my mom earlier today. Actually, we were talking about not only do you have, you've got the contest there, you've got the long drive, the closest to the pin or hole in one or, oh, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe next year we, we open up another um, little secret side event that is the, the team, you know, the team that has the longest drive. In other Ooh. words, to the event, right? To so, the event, yeah. So then we yeah. start figuring out, okay, how far did you come and how far did you come? And, mm. and then oh, we do a yeah. little giveaway for that, right? So we do a little, uh, again, it's just neat little things like that that I, I think would be a, you know, to I, I add to the event. I think that's fabulous. Yeah, I think yeah. that's absolutely fabulous. And I'm so I'm so glad that that it went off well. Let's, let's 
talk about the book for a moment. Okay. Okay. So what are you looking at in time terms of how long before first draft? First draft is, my goal is first draft will be done at the end of this month. Okay. Um, and I've been working on this for a little over a year. There's, yeah. so the book itself is, is uh, the working title that I have and, and hopefully it'll stick is the Red Chair Experience. Yeah. It came about as a result of um, my brother's death with the pandemic. Um, yeah. And I honestly, I got a meme from a buddy of mine back in May of 2020 it said, if you're not taking this time to learn a new craft, yeah. um, start your side hustle, improve yourself, then you're wasting your time, right? And, and they were looking at it. I mean, we were only a month in or two months in. Yeah. And, you know, that meme was floating around. And I thought, wow, that's that's really impactful. And so I said, I wanted to write a book. I just didn't know what about or how. And so I've been reading these daily inspirational books. And I thought, you know what, that's the key. That for me would work. And then maybe I could gear it towards salespeople. And so it'll be, it'll be sprinkled with sales stuff and sales stuff, yeah. meaning when you meet with a client, are you doing this? When you talk to a client, are you doing these things? Right. And that's how it's geared towards salespeople, but it's not, it's not a sales book. It will not necessarily yeah. be a sales book. It'll be a daily inspirational book that's geared towards salespeople. Yeah. And that writing this has been, if nothing else, uh, therapeutic, oh, cathartic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so um, one of the first entries I wrote about was the Red Share experience. And I went in great detail and I talked about what it means and and the the owners involved and all of that stuff. And so that's a chapter in the book. Right. So yeah. it's yeah. those kind of things that we'll have. I need to have 366 chapters written. I'm, I'm at 320. Yeah. Um, but oh, wow. um yeah, so I'm I'm getting close. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so close, but uh, that's why I want to. I really want to get that done by the end of the month, and then I can start worrying about how am I going to do this? How am I going to publish this? Yeah. And I've got a couple of folks I'm talking with and trying to figure all that stuff out. But um, I'm I'm I've said this all along. I'm writing the book for me, if nothing else. Yeah. It's not necessarily for millions upon millions of readers. Don't get me wrong. If they want to read it, that's awesome. And I appreciate it, but it's for me. And if a hundred people pick it up and read it, that's I'm, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, a thousand that's to me is icing on the cake. Um, but that means that, to, that to me, that means it would resonate with them, right? It would, yes. it would be something that they go, you know what, this makes sense to me. And this is something I want to do. Um, because I've got three books that I read on a consistent basis and yeah. they're just like that but they there's three different things that I, three different entries that I read and it's, it doesn't take very long every day to read those, yeah, but it, it's yeah. helpful and it gets my mind thinking and gets me kind of geared towards what do I need to do today and how do I need to do that? And I, I think a lot, a lot of, of what's really great about the whole concept is it's the positivity out of pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every human understands pain. And yeah. I think every human needs more positivity. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing about the book is I, there are things that are, that are not easy to read, right? Because they get to the heart, they get to, I shared some very personal, you know, vulnerable stuff in the book. In fact, I, I shared with somebody, 
um, something and they were like, wow, that's, that's really powerful and really vulnerable. Is that what your book is about? And I said, not all of it, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but there'll be a side that you'll get to see of, of coach Chris and you know, who I am and what I do and how do I operate? Right. Well, that will be part of the book. Well, I, th I think that's important. And, and speaking of coach Chris, so where did the coach part really come from? So I have been around sales for over 30 years. And one of the things that always bothered me was a sales trainer. I'm not a fan of trainers and, and no offense to the trainers in the world. Um, I, I've done it myself. But there was, for me, there was always the stigma that they would, the trainer would come in, do their thing for a day, two days, three days, and then they're gone, right? And they give you so much information and so much wisdom and, and you're, you're, you, you know, you're, you're furiously scribbling down notes and trying to figure out how do I change all of this stuff or this piece or that piece. And I decided, you know, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the, I'm going to come in, blow up, blow out. Right. And I want to be the person that comes in, identifies the situations and helps walk you through these pieces. So as a coach, that's, that's for me, that's what a coach has always been is somebody who walks you through the change. They don't just come in and drop this knowledge and then leave. They come in, they give you wisdom, they give you understanding, and then they they walk you through it and they help you to change. And that to me is so much more important. That's why uh, that, and with a name like Chris, coach just made you know sense. And so I get a lot of people who just call me coach now, which is really kind of funny. But um, I'm a former athlete as well. I mean, I played collegiate football and, and I played all kinds of sports growing up. And so, um, the opportunity to be a coach now is, yeah, it's, it, it just fits. It's just hand in Absolutely. <laughs> Who was your favorite coach? Whew, man, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I've had some amazing coaches throughout my life and, um, probably one of my favorites. Um, well, one of my, one of my favorites is a guy named Sean Watson. He, um, he is a collegiate football coach still today. Oh, wow. Um, and so he was my, he was a grad assistant, I think at the time he wasn't, he wasn't a full on coach, um, when, when we met, but, uh, he really made an impact on my life. And, um, he, one of my favorite guys just to, oh. uh, you know, I, I, I think the world of him, but yeah, um, he's in a, last I checked, he's still out there and coaching. I haven't checked up on him in the last couple of years, but he's still out there doing well. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. It's nice. It's nice when you get to give a shout out to somebody that maybe didn't realize just what a big deal they were in your life. Right. Yep. Are there any either words of wisdom, positivity, something that, that you want to leave people with? Yeah, I, I think, um, through all of this, one of the things that I've learned is, um, there's always somebody that's probably going through or, or dealing with something that we don't know about. And it's easy for us to kind of get in our own world and, and get caught up in the things that we're doing. Um, and when somebody's having a bad day and, and they cut you off in traffic or, you know, they, they're rude to you in person it's probably not them. That's probably not who they are day in and day out. And there's, there's probably something happening understand un, underneath that. One of the things that I've learned is, um, 
try and be a little bit more empathetic with people and try to try and look at it from their perspective. Maybe they're having a rough day. Maybe they're having a hard time. Maybe a loved one left them. Maybe uh, they, mm -hmm. they just broke up with somebody. Maybe they just lost a job. Maybe they lost a loved one to suicide, right? Yeah. Maybe, you know, you just don't know what's happening to them and what's going on in their life. Maybe they just learned they have cancer or somebody near to them has cancer, yeah. right? Or some other uh, illness. You just don't know. So I, I look at that now and, and I think, I, I can be a whole lot more patient with people. I can be a whole lot more loving with people. And, and if I could encourage people to do that, just take a breath, you know, take a step back and maybe say, Hey, how can I help? How can I contribute to what you're doing? Um, try and make a difference that way and uh, try and make this world a little bit better place than it really is. That that's such a nice sentiment to close on. Thank you so much, Coach Chris. This has been my guest, Chris Michelle. It's been wonderful. I look forward to your book, uh, Red Chair Experience. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody else can look forward to it as well. And next year, if you're near Indiana or want to head to Indiana, you can go to the Striker Liker Golf Tournament. That's, it's got a nice little ring to it. I really like that. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Elaine Lindsay, your host of Suicide Zen Forgiveness. And I say to you, make the very most of your today every day. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite service. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. 